What happens when daughters reject the horsey lifestyle their mom imagined for them? Find out in this episode of Barn Stories. Welcome to the Barn Stories podcast. I'm Lori Prince, editor of Equus Magazine. And I'm managing editor Christine Barakat. This podcast features our favorite essays and articles published in Equus over the past 40 years. Although Equus is known for articles on horse care and veterinary research, our editorial mission has always been guided by the bond that exists between horses and people. And each issue has featured a real life story that celebrates how horses enrich our lives and touch our hearts. We've searched our archives, chosen the stories that resonated with our readers, and given them new life in this audio format. Longtime subscribers may recognize some of their favorite pieces. And if you're new to the Equus community, these stories will confirm that no matter what sort of saddle you sit in, a deep emotional connection to horses is something we all share. It's a rare horse girl that doesn't imagine one day taking her own child to the barn, tacking up with matching saddle pads and hitting the trails together. It's a heartwarming and Instagram-worthy vision. But as the author of the story learns, the love of horses doesn't always get passed on to the next generation, and she has to confront the fact her daughters don't share her passion. While this story is about mothers and daughters and horses, the message applies to any relationship and any hobby. It's human nature to want to share the things we love with the people we're closest to, but sometimes things just don't work out the way we'd like, and forcing it can make everyone unhappy. Thankfully, the author realizes that, and she navigates a delicate moment with a level head and good humor. That's another message that can apply to any situation. So let's listen to Daughters and Horses, written by Jennifer Graham and read by Taylor Autumn. On my bookshelf are treasured relics of childhood. The Black Stallion by Walter Farley, Misty of Chincoteague, and King of the Wind by Marguerite Henry. Read aloud horse stories by an author deservedly unknown. They are the earliest evidence of a horse crush that has lasted half a century. The quarters I used to stash under my mattress in an ill-advised horse fund are long gone as is the once vast collection of briar horse statues. But I saved all the horse books for my future daughters, girls who I just knew would be as horse crazy as their mom. Sure enough, I had the daughters, two of them, spaced seven years apart, and I waited eagerly for their little legs to grow long enough to reach the stirrups. But alarmingly, it seems they didn't get the memo the one about how horses and girls go together like Bran and Mash. Do I have to? My eldest daughter asked when I wanted to enroll her for a second year of riding lessons. She toddled off willingly at first, and I bought the helmet, the boots, the breeches, and was so proud when she got a blue ribbon at her first horse show. Well, yes, everybody got a blue ribbon. They were second graders. Nobody needs to know. She learned how to groom and to mount, and how to hold the reins just so. How to post, how to nudge a trotting school horse over a cavaletti. But that was it. She never got to the thrill. The part where you're so scared going around the turn and everyone is watching you. You're terrified you're going to fall off. But then you're cantering and your horse approaches the jump calmly and lands on the right lead. And it is all so lovely and natural. 
It's as if you were born fused to his withers. That was my experience with horses. That and long, lazy trail rides over paths spongy with pine straw. And long, lazy afternoons just hanging out at the barn. Soaping the saddle, smelling the leather, scrubbing buckets that were already clean. And performing any kind of work that would allow me to be near my love. To be near horses, even though none were my own. Colic can happen to any horse. Protect yourself and your horse with Colic Care, SmartPak's free program that provides up to $10,000 in colic surgery reimbursement. Colic Care combines SmartPak's best hindgut supplements with preventive care from your veterinarian to help lower your horse's risk of digestive upset. Plus, you get the ultimate peace of mind knowing that you have the financial resources to provide the care your horse deserves should you ever need it. Visit smartpack.com forward slash colic care or call 1-800-461-8898 to get started today. I so much wanted that for my daughters. But I also didn't want to be one of those moms, the kind who push and hover, parenting not for the child, but for themselves. So, no. No, honey, you don't have to. How about piano instead? I let go. Because I'm laid back like that. And also because I had another daughter waiting in the wings. When it was her time, we went shopping again. More boots, more breeches, another ASTM SEI certified hat. And she, unlike her sister, was so excited. We had two donkeys in a little backyard paddock. And she'd ridden bareback on their backs. Which wasn't real riding, but gave her a taste. And she had friends who had horses and lived at their barns, as I had. Finally, I was going to get my rider. She was the one. Until she fell off. Two days into a week-long horse camp, she was asked too soon to go into a trot. And, in her enthusiasm, kick the horse energetically. A rough canter ensued, then a hard fall. When the call came, I could hear her in the background, crying so hard she could barely breathe. I recognized the sound. It was the howling of yet another daughter who would not be a rider. I myself am a modestly experienced horsewoman and know well the adage, you have to get right back on again. But when your arm is broken and your back is scraped raw and they put you in a neck brace in the ER for two hours, you can't just get right back on especially not when you're 11. By the time the cast came off, any enthusiasm she had for riding had vanished, blown away like the brown foam on the shore of Assateague Island, where Misty's dam lived. Mom, I don't think I want to do it again, Catherine said the evening the cast was removed. She said this cautiously, having grasped that riding, that her riding, was something important to me. I studied her face, should I make her? Should I insist? Should horses be like religion and music, something that everyone should have a baseline knowledge of, whether they want it or not? Did she need to do this? To conquer a fear, even though many people live upstanding, meaningful lives without ever coming within 10 miles of a horse? Or was it that I needed her to do this? Because I am a horse person, and I want to live among my tribe. These are existential questions for which there is no right answer. 
only the right answer for me. I took a deep breath. Okay, I said bravely. You don't have to. How do you feel about rollerblades? There are horse people and there are no horse people. And I'm pretty sure you're born one way or the other. If you're a horse person, there's nothing that can keep you off of a horse. But if you're not, there's nobody that can put you onto one. Not even your own mother. Mamas, don't let your babies grow up to be cowboys. Strains of Willie Nelson floated mournfully through my head. But then came a new thought. My mother didn't ride. She dislikes horses. Maybe horse love is a genetic trait that skips a generation, like blue eyes or red hair. I'm keeping the boots and the helmets. With luck, and I have plenty of horseshoes around. Granddaughters are only a couple furlongs away. Thanks for listening to Barn Stories. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you have a favorite article or essay from the Equus Archives that you'd like us to feature in a future podcast, let us know. You can reach us at equusbarnstories, all one word, at gmail.com. Did you enjoy this episode of Barn Stories? Head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave us a review. Thanks for listening. The Barn Stories podcast is a production of the Equine Podcast Network, an entity of the Equine Network.